grew up watching and emulating my dad. So I too was never vulnerable. Didn't believe in it. Thought it was uh, something dumb <laughs> that I shouldn't be doing. And that's how I lived my entire adult life up until a few years ago when I had a series of panic attacks, which I later found out came about because I was writing a book on vulnerability when I myself didn't believe in vulnerability. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on all around us and explore the disruptive convergence of technology, business, and people. Here are your hosts, Ira Wolf and Jason Cochran. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. If you think this is just another podcast, think again. We're the voice in the most important conversations on the future of work confronting business leaders and people today. Our goal is to bring you ways to reimagine tomorrow and explore the ever-changing convergence of business, technology, and people. Today on our episode, we're going to confront an issue that weighs heavy on the minds of millions of people the threat of AI eliminating jobs. But we're not gonna be talking specifically about the jobs or AI, so let me explain. Our guest today is a Geek Skeezers and Googleization alumni, Jacob Morgan. He's a best-selling author, highly respected speaker, and talks about creating great leaders, engaging employees, and building future-ready organizations. But Jacob has a brand new book, it just came out, last week, October 3rd, and it's titled Leading with Vulnerability, Unlock Your Greatest Superpower to Transform Yourself, Your Team, and Your Organization. Jason and I had the privilege of receiving a pre-publication copy, and I've got to tell you that Jacob's personal journey with vulnerability is something that many people, including myself and probably a lot of listeners, can relate to. But what struck me most wasn't necessarily the context of why Jacob researched and wrote the book. While he was focused on the intersection of vulnerability and leadership, I was excited by how vulnerability seems to reframe the conversation we've been having lately about AI and jobs. Most of the time, we capture people's response to AI as anger or fear on one end of the spectrum, compared to fascination on the other. Of course, people like Jason and myself, as well as many of our guests and connections hanging around this HR tech space, fall into the fascination category. But I suspect we're really in the minority, probably a very small minority. That means the rest of the population might be fearful, maybe even angry. Look no further than the recent screenwriter strike, but Jacob introduced a completely new shade of gray for me vulnerability. After reading the book, it's my belief that people are not necessarily afraid of AI taking their jobs, nor are they angry. Of course, there's some people are, but based on the conversations I've had since reading the book, including in my class yesterday, that my undergrad class that I've mentioned a few times about innovation and entrepreneurship, most people admitted to feeling vulnerable. They hadn't thought of it that way. And they just aren't sure what to do about the, the future of work, how fast things are changing. And that uncertainty creates the fear, but it's not the fear of AI, it's their vulnerability that's the problem. So vulnerability is often construed as a weakness 
So today we're going to reframe that a bit and think about vulnerability as a superpower. And leading with vulnerability, the book, in my opinion, is a real game changer, not just with leaders, but with every human being confronting a future field, disruptive, transformative space. And it's compounded by complexity and acceleration of change. So can't wait to get Jacob here. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But first, it's time for our Perfect Labor Storm segment, where we focus each week on a disruptive, surprising, or worrisome trend that we believe you should know. And we're going to feature some of Jason's research from his book. He asked participants if vulnerability was seen as a leadership strength and not a weakness. Here's the thing. Only 11% of respondents agreed and 34% replied they were uncertain. In fact, only 16% of the respondents said their leaders displayed qualities of leading with vulnerability. I also did a little bit more research and looked into the 2023 global leadership forecast, and it revealed that, like we talked about the last few weeks, there's a significant lack of trust with leadership. Only 46% of leaders report that they are that they fully trust their direct manager to do what's right. And even more troubling, fewer than one in three trust senior leaders within their organization. How these tie in, it's pretty difficult to lead with vulnerability when executives don't trust their employees and employees don't trust their leaders. Hey, everyone, it looks like uh, Jason's having a little bit of technical difficulty with his internet. So we're going to just jump in and bring on Jacob. I am really excited to hear more about Jacob's journey and his inspiration for writing a book, uh, Leading with Vulnerability, and, look, and viewing it through the lens of the workplace and the future of work. So here's a little bit about Jacob. Uh, Morgan, if you're not familiar with him or you haven't listened to him on, on his prior visit to Geek Skeezes and Googleization, Jacob's a best-selling author of five books, including the most recent that was just published last week. Leading with Vulnerability, Unlock Your Greatest Superpower to Transform Yourself, Your Team, and Your Organization. It can be found at leadwithvulnerability.com. He's also a speaker and professionally trained futurist whose work has been endorsed by CEOs of Best Buy, MasterCard, Unilever, KPMG, Nestle, Cisco, and best-selling authors like Adam Grant, Mel Robbins, Patrick Lencioni, at Amy Edmondson. Uh, you can learn more about Jacob as his site, at his personal site, thefutureorganization.com, uh, or you can get access to his content, a great, great newsletter. Uh, you can go to greatleadership.substack.com. So let's give a warm Googleization Nation welcome to today's guest, Jacob Morgan. Hopefully, you're not having those same levels of difficulty that. No, no, everything's working on my end, so all good. Yeah, so I apologize that to everyone. Uh, so welcome, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, as, as I said earlier, the, the book really profoundly struck me as I was reading the story. It was quite a journey. Obviously, your forward, your your introduction and and your first chapter really laid out some, you know, real personal kind of concerns, some thoughts, some process that you were going through the last few years. And 
I heard the story over and over again, and we came from similar, you know, similar backgrounds or similar parents, and and many, I'm, I'm sure many of those parents have had, or, or many of the, our listeners have had that uh, with, you know, vulnerabilities or weakness. But before we dive into that topic, let's talk a little bit about the journey, where where you started, what why this book was so important for you. Yeah, the the journey came about, I think, from two different places. One was on the business side and one was on the personal side. The personal side came about because I came from a Georgian immigrant parents from the former USSR. And growing up, my dad always taught me not to be vulnerable, not to show weakness or emotion of any kind. And that it's just always important to be tough and strong you know, my mom tried to model emotional vulnerability and openness, but as a young boy, naturally, I grew up watching and emulating my dad. So I too was never vulnerable, didn't believe in it, thought it was uh, something dumb <laughs> that I shouldn't be doing. And that's how I lived my entire adult life up until a few years ago when I had a series of panic attacks, which I later found out came about because I was writing a book on vulnerability when I myself didn't believe in vulnerability. And so that kind of conflict. It came out <laughs> physically and emotionally. On the business side, it came about because in previous books that I've written, I've heard leaders talk about vulnerability quite a bit, but they talked about it in a very conflicting way in the sense that they understood why it was important. But there were two sort of challenges that they were faced with. One of them is that on the one hand, their employees were telling them that they should be confident and strong and visionary leaders. And on the other hand, employees were saying, we want you to be able to talk about your feelings and emotions and challenges. And so leaders were basically trying to figure out, well, which one, which leader do you want? Do you want the leader who's strong and competent and confident? Or do you want the leader who's going to be talking about challenges and failures and weaknesses and struggles? The second challenge there became that these leaders knew Obviously, we all know what vulnerability is. We all know what it means to feel vulnerable. We've all felt vulnerable. But a lot of leaders were trying to grapple with the fact that vulnerability in your personal life is not the same as it is inside of your organization because inside of your company at work, you have a different dynamic. You have a hierarchy, you have a boss, you have deadlines, projects, you have money, you have customers. And so vulnerability at work is not the same as it is in your personal life. And similarly, vulnerability for a leader is not the same as it is for everybody else because you are in a position of power and influence where you are responsible for dollars and cents and when you're responsible for the lives of other people that you work with. And so I really wanted to write a book which explored vulnerability from a work perspective and specifically vulnerability from a current or aspiring leader perspective. And that's... Uh, why I interviewed the 100 CEOs and surveyed the 14,000 employees. So Jacob, with that in mind, by the way, Googleization Nation, it's good to finally be with you. Sorry for the technical snafus there. Talk about being vulnerable. Metronet, I'll be contacting you later. But Jacob, we all have kind of like models in our head. When there's things that we aspire to, you opened up and you were vulnerable in writing this book on vulnerability in the workplace. I'm curious, as you were writing were there certain people that came to mind that were models of vulnerability in the workplace that you looked up to, that you were aspiring toward in this journey? I mean, there were a few. And by the way, I should preface that there's a difference between vulnerability versus leading with vulnerability that I set aside in the book. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is not to be vulnerable, but to lead with vulnerability. So the difference is that vulnerability is about exposing a gap that you have. 
It could be an emotional gap. It could be a gap in understanding. It could be a gap in competence. But vulnerability, based on the dictionary definition, is you expose yourself to the potential of emotional or physical harm. But you know, for most people in the business world, it's not physical harm, it's emotional harm. So what does that actually mean? It means you might say or do something where somebody can take what you do or say and use it against you. Maybe you're a part of a team and you tell one of your peers, hey, I've never done this before. I'm a little bit nervous. And uh, the peer on your team then takes that information to your boss and says, why is Jacob on this team? He just told me he's never done that before. And then I get moved off the team. So I say or I do something, it puts me in a potentially harmful situation. Uh, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability as the feeling that you get when you're confronted with risk, uncertainty, or emotional exposure which um, again, very relevant to the workplace. But in terms of a team and a work dynamic, it's usually about doing or saying something where somebody else can use what you say or do against you. So what I talk about in the book is not just to expose the gaps that you have, but to expose the gaps that you have and then demonstrate what you're trying to do to close those gaps. That's the difference between being vulnerable versus leading with vulnerability. So a simple example might be, instead of saying, I made a mistake, you say, I made a mistake. Here's what I learned. Here are three things I'm going to do in the future to make sure that mistake doesn't happen again. So I'm vulnerable, but then I'm also adding a leadership piece. I'm demonstrating what I'm trying to do to close the gap. And too often inside of our organizations, we focus on the gap and not what we're trying to do to close the gap. We assume that other people are going to close the gap, right? We go and we say, I need help. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I'm not feeling well. I'm going through a hard time. And while some of those are, you know, you should feel, of course, safe to talk about those things, but at the same time, in a work dynamic, the people around you also want to know, well, what are you doing to take care of yourself? What did you do based on the mistake that you learned? What are you going to do to help yourself in the future? We want to see that you are demonstrating to close that gap yourself, not just that you're throwing this gap to somebody else and say, you figure it out. And that I think is a... If, if people can get into that mindset, they will be more successful in their careers, their teams will be more successful, and they'll be able to have a significantly much more positive impact in everyone around them. So Jacob, what you just shared there around leading with vulnerability and how that's different from just being vulnerable, some of the things you just shared also triggered for me psychological safety. Can you yeah. share with us, are there some relationships, how do they correlate between leading with vulnerability and psychological safety? Yeah, Amy Edmondson was actually one of the people that I interviewed for for my book, along with several other researchers and psychologists and, and professors and experts in various fields. And yeah, psychological safety is an important aspect of this, right? Because if you don't feel safe, you will not be vulnerable. And so one of the ways that you get psychological safety is you lead by example. Right? As a leader, you don't go to your employees and tell them, you be vulnerable, I won't. As a leader, if you want other people to lead with vulnerability, you have to do it too, which means as a leader, you need to start being okay talking about your mistakes and failures and challenges and struggles and what you're trying to do to close that gap. Because if other people speak up and they're going to try to be vulnerable with you and you just punish them for it, obviously that's not an environment where psychological safety exists and it's not an environment where everybody, where anybody's going to be comfortable even talking about their gaps. And when you don't talk about gaps, you don't have learning and growth and innovation you don't have productivity, you don't have a lot of these things. So being able to talk about the areas that you're struggling or being able to talk about the areas where you have gaps is crucial. But again, you need to have the psychological safety to do that, but you yourself also need to demonstrate what you're trying to do to close those gaps yourself. 
And so there's a very obviously strong relationship between psychological safety and leading with vulnerability. One of the things is, is you were just sharing that story, and, and this came out through the book as well. Obviously, it takes courage or confidence, you know, or that, that mix of both to be able to do that. So you, you need the support of, of, of people around you. You need support, you know, if it's at work, you know, certainly if your coworkers and management, the, culture, the psychological safety that we just talked about. But individually, I mean, for people to open up, to em- embrace the fact that, you know, growth is a journey that people are human beings and we're going to screw up. You know, you, you know, you've obviously, you know, been successful you've spoken to you know i don't know how many people but there's, but there's a large percentage of the population that is really confounded and just seems to lack the confidence it's not even the courage to do that but the confidence to even open up about this what- yeah yeah so the number one reason again we surveyed 14,000 employees in partnership with DDI and we asked them, what's the number one uh, the number one reason why you're not comfortable being vulnerable at work? And the number one reason was because we don't want to be perceived as being weak or incompetent. So how do you avoid being perceived as being weak or incompetent? You demonstrate your competence. Obviously, if you just show up to work every day talking about the gaps that you have, you are going to create a perception in the eyes of those around you that you got a lot of gaps, uh, that you have a lot of issues, that you have a lot of areas that you're struggling with, a lot of things that you don't know how to do. But at the same time, you're not demonstrating that you're trying to solve the problem. And so everyone around you is just going to look at you and say, what's going on here? It seems like maybe this isn't a good fit. So if you want to change that perception that other people have of you when you're being vulnerable, then demonstrate the competence. Don't just talk about the mistakes. Don't just tell people that you need help. Demonstrate what you're trying to do to close the gap. And by demonstrating that you are trying to become stronger, that you're trying to become more competent, you change the perception uh, in the eyes of those around you. And we see this time and time again in a lot of different areas. For example, think about when a new employee gets promoted into a leadership role for the first time. There's a couple of ways that they can approach it, right? Let's say they're meeting their team and they have to give a little, you know, five minute, I just got promoted, talk about it, what you're going to do with the team. And oftentimes, first time leaders will say, I'm excited to be leading this team. I've never done this before, but I know I'm confident that I can uh, have a great impact, you know, things of that nature. And on the surface, it doesn't sound like that's a terrible thing to say, but what would be far more effective is if you could sprinkle in the leadership in there and say, I'm a first time leader. I've never done this before, but to make sure that I'm going to be the best leader that you've had, I'm going to be mentored by one of the other leaders at this company. I have an executive coach who I'm going to be meeting with once a week. Here are three leadership books that I'm reading. I encourage you to follow along with me as well. And by the way, my door is going to be open to any feedback that you want to share with me. And so not only have I been vulnerable and told you that, hey, I know it's my first time and I know that I might not get things right, but here's what I'm trying to do to make sure that I can be a good leader. And I'm doing these things to close that gap. And that way, when you share, when you are vulnerable, you, again, you don't need to worry as much about the being weak or incompetent because you're demonstrating the strength and the competence there. We just forget to do that. We're just very good at the first part and we forget about the second part. One of the things that that I talk a lot about um, and, and you know, even built the program around it is, is growth mindset. So a lot of what you're talking about now is, is that there are 
there are people that have been in the workforce for 15, 20, 25 years. And when we introduce that, and, and many of those are the people that are feel most threatened, you know, or fearful about AI is taking my job. And, you know, one is that there was a mindset of that if you work hard, you stay focused, you get experience, you get your degrees, you do all these things that, you know, life, it, it'll, You'll, you'll just have enough in you to roll out to retirement. So I can't tell you how many, I, I heard it yesterday. Somebody said, I'm just hanging in there. I only have 12 more years to retirement. <laughs> well, well, that worked in the past. 12 more years of retirement in 1950 was easy street. Yeah. Today, if you said, hey, I only got three more years of retirement, you don't know if you're safe. So people are absolutely feeling this vulnerability going around there. But I try to trace a lot of it back to, you know, the fixed the fixed mindset that if you have the credentials, you build your resume, you show up every day, that's enough. And all of a sudden, the Band-Aid got ripped off. Yeah. Absolutely not true. No. No, I mean, you got to have both of those things, right? Vulnerability is how you connect with people and competence is demonstrating that you're good at your job. If you're only good at connecting with people, then people will view you. So in other words, if you're only vulnerable, people will view you as being incompetent. And if you're only competent, people will view you as being a robot, right? Or, uh, you know, you're good at your job, but you don't connect with people. People, You're going to just be viewed as the, the stereotypical manager from uh, from office space. So you do need to be good at connecting with people, but you also need to be good at your job. And that's really the focus of the book and the research is don't forget about both of those elements. Don't just focus on one. Jacob, was there something that totally surprised you in the findings from the CE? Oh, we lost them there for a second. Yeah, we're, we're getting like every other word from you, Jason, but I know what your question was. But were, were there something, was there something that really shocked you when you heard from you know, that surprised you from the CEOs, some people that you might have, you know, really respected, well, still respect, maybe respected more, is this something that they shared? But was there, were there any general themes that, that came out that really surprised you? Yeah, there were a lot. I mean, one of them was the fact that so many leaders um, have shared that vulnerability at some point was used against them and they didn't always have good experiences with it. And so I have lots of stories in the book about that. A second is how uncomfortable vulnerability is for a lot of leaders as far as even the physical manifestations, what it does to your body of CEOs have shared that they've had panic attacks, they've gotten stressed out, they get butterflies in their stomach, their heartbeat goes up. So being vulnerable doesn't correlate with a positive, happy feeling. And so being able to hear that some of the top executives at companies around the world go through this, uh, I thought was very interesting. And just hearing about the, the challenges that a lot of leaders are having with this was very surprising to me. Knowing that a lot of executives out there believe in vulnerability and understand the value, but just unsure of how to implement it and bring it into a workplace setting. And so I feel like it's which is kind of at this tipping point where a lot of people want to do these things inside their company, but they just need a little bit of guidance and a framework on how to bring it to life at work. And so my hope is that that's what the book will do. There's there's a lot that, that's been in the media recently, and, and you never really heard about this in the past as much, but imposter syndrome. And yeah. I'm wondering if this is, you know, chicken or the egg. Does the vulnerability, you know, are does the, the lack of vulnerability create this imposter syndrome or does the imposter syndrome eventually create the vulnerability? May not matter, 
Um, but were, did, were you seeing that? Were you hearing that throughout there? It, it, it sounds like some of these, what you just shared, inferred that was real. Yeah, I mean, imposter syndrome, I, I think is probably a separate thing, probably related, but imposter syndrome is basically the idea that you don't belong, you don't deserve, you don't fit in, you're, you're you know, you, you don't, if you're a leader, you shouldn't be a leader, um, right? It, you don't deserve that, you're not good enough. And yeah, a lot of leaders that I also interviewed mentioned that they struggle with that too. Related to vulnerability, but I think leading with vulnerability is a, is a separate thing, but oftentimes it can correlate to and be associated with imposter syndrome too, because having imposter syndrome makes you feel vulnerable. Having imposter syndrome makes you feel like, you know, it gives you that uncomfortable feeling and being able to talk about that imposter syndrome is also right a very vulnerable thing where a leader can open up and say, I've gone through that. I know what that feels like. So very, very much, uh, I think, in the same camp there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely complex because as, we're, as you shared, you know, what your background was and a lot of people, you know, it, it was not only ethnic. If you grew up in a military family, you didn't, you know, basically people didn't show their, their weaknesses. And yet we've been talking to a lot of military people recently. I uh, mm-hmm. had military backgrounds, uh, you know, and certainly uh, Marty, a lot of Marty Seligan's work and and other people is, uh, you know, you find out that that embedding a lot of the military is now embedding this into their uh, into their training. Um, yeah. The empathy. I mean, you, when you look at uh, PTSD, we, we talked yeah. about that with with uh, Gabriella uh, Kellerman just a few weeks ago, who, who wrote the book with uh, Marty Seligman. You know, a lot of that was, you know, how do you change the the leaders to to recognize that that uh, you you just can't let that you know go un, unattended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an important element that I think needs to be talked about inside of organizations, not just from the vulnerability side, but also from the competence side too. So, I think having those conversations is is crucial inside of companies. We are going to take a short break. We're right at the bottom, but we're, we're right at that perfect point. And so rather than ask this question before, this is where we're going to come back to. You identified eight attributes or eight traits of vulnerable leader. And I, I think that's where I'd like to, where, where we should really start to focus on, because what are, what are the traits or what are the abilities that people can develop to be able to move forward? And, you know, that's the good news. I mean, you can develop this, you, you can learn as you said, that leading with vulnerability is part vulnerability, part competence. (laughs) And you have an equation, you have a formula for that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about your equation. We're going to talk about the eight traits, uh, the eight attributes of vulnerable leaders. We are talking about, we are talking with, if you haven't figured out, Jacob Morgan. Uh, He's the author of the brand new book, Leading with Vulnerability. Put the you can get this up on Amazon, uh, any place, books sold, Barnes & Noble, go up to the, the website, which is scrolling along the bottom as well, uh, leadwithvulnerability.com, or you can actually capture it on his website, thefutureorganization.com. Uh, we will be right back. We're going to take a really quick break here and hear from our sponsor, and stay tuned because we're going to come back talking about the eight attributes of valuable, le- of vulnerable leaders and valuable leaders. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the equation. Are your employees feeling stuck and just showing up for a paycheck? 
Is your workforce working harder to get back to normal than adapting to the future? It's time to help them break their addiction to certainty and develop a growth mindset. Developed by one of the world's top-rated future of work thought leaders, AQ Plus Mindset is a powerful tool to help your employees embrace change, adapt faster, and grow on the job. Conveniently delivered to any smartphone or laptop and easy to digest 5-10 to 10 minute lessons. Managers can sit back and watch employee attitudes shift towards growth and innovation in just 30 days. Are you ready to help your employees thrive in this ever-changing, never-normal world? Encourage them to show more grit, resilience, adaptability, and unlock their potential? The journey to a growth-filled future starts with a growth mindset. Visit aqplusmindset.com or call 484-373-4300. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. I'm here today with our friend and Geek Skeezers Googleization alumni, Jacob Morgan. He's got a brand new book out, Leading with Vulnerability. And uh, I love this subject. I love this topic. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'll mention it again. Uh, it is a real game changer. You can pick the book up, Leading with Vulnerability, at your favorite bookstore. I don't believe it's audio yet, but I know you can get a Kindle and heart and audio is coming i just finished recording it oh wonderful that's that's good news so uh jacob when we left off we were talking about some of the traits but before then um you also developed an equation so let's talk about that and then lead into you know what are the eight attributes of a vulnerable leader and you know some tips of what companies and individuals can do to help develop that yeah the vulnerable leader equation is pretty much what we've been talking about. It's leadership plus vulnerability equals leading with vulnerability. Competence plus connection equals leading with vulnerability. And it's the foundation for the book. It's what the whole thing is based on and built on top of. It's just that fundamental principle where when you know that vulnerability is going to be present and you need to be vulnerable, try to add leadership to it. And when you know that leadership is going to be present, when it makes sense, try to bring that connection, the vulnerability to the equation. And ideally, leaders can do a better job of uh, being able to bring the both of those together in the interactions that they have with their teams and with their employees. So with, with the equation and this question, this thought just popped into my head. When you went into this and you started interview people, and I know this was just, you know, the research and the find out and and somewhat a combination of self-discovery, but open up a, you know, a rabbit hole for you. Was this what you expected? I mean, is this the direction you thought it would go? Or did that equation that eventually came out of this completely shock you? It's like, wow, I never put these two and two together. No, it actually made a lot of sense because um, in my previous book, The Future Leader, when I was also interviewing a lot of executives, some of these themes started coming up a lot as well. So, no, I mean, it it very much went in the direction that I thought it was going to go. I didn't know what those pieces would be, but even in a previous book, when I wrote on, uh, a book on employee experience, I had the employee experience equation. So I'm a big fan of taking more complex concepts and trying to distill them into something simple. So in this case, the theme of leading with vulnerability is just that, leadership plus vulnerability. So I think no surprises there. I think it's pretty straightforward. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as you say that, I've always, we, we work a lot with uh, helping people be able to articulate their purpose, which is crazy because most people, when you ask a question, something like that, it's like, what's your purpose? Well, I, you know, I want to get a good job. 
Uh, I want to take care of my family, but but it, it's all the intellectual parts of that, but it, it's not the heart of why people does something, but we work with uh, a Simon Sinek, well, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with it, the Golden Circle, but and there's nine whys, but just as you shared that, uh, my, my bet is that one of your whys is simplify, either make sense, simplify, or clarify. We're all three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it drives you, uh, which is very different than what mine are, so. But uh, so I'm ch I'm always challenging finding better ways to challenge the status quo. Let's go back to some what some of the attributes were because I want to make sure that we we have time uh, we don't talk over it and we and we get to this because this is really where it's going to help individuals and organizations change and and create allow this vulnerability and the lead with vulnerability to happen. So kind of walk us through the some of these these eight uh, traits or attributes. Sure, I can give you maybe a sentence on each one. So there are. Three for leadership and five for vulnerability. And the way that um, I encourage people to think about this is kind of like uh, if you've ever seen the Avengers, the whole concept is you bring together these infinity stones. And then when they are brought together, they unleash this tremendous power or potential. And that's what these attributes are. Uh, so when you bring these eight attributes together, they unleash this tremendous potential, this power that you as a leader can, can bring forward. It allows you to lead with vulnerability. So again, three for leadership, five for vulnerability. Uh, for leadership, the first one, we talked about quite a bit competence, being good at your job. Number two is self-confidence. And that's the idea of believing in yourself. Because if you don't believe in you, why would other people believe in you? Third is motivation. And motivation is having the drive to, to take action and to improve. Having the drive to do something. Because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. So those are the three for leadership, competence, motivation, and self-confidence. Next, we have the five for vulnerability, which are self-awareness. So basically understanding your thoughts, behaviors, and actions and how other people perceive you. And we have self-compassion, which is how you talk to yourself. Do you have a positive internal dialogue or a negative internal dialogue? Um, I used to have very much a negative internal dialogue. Next is empathy being able to see things from other people's perspective, understand their point of view, where they're coming from. And then we have authenticity, which is about being a single version of you, where people understand your values, what you care about, um, what's important to you. And lastly, we have integrity, which is being a moral and honest person, having your North Star, your, your, your true North. Um, and those are the five elements of vulnerability. So if you can do all eight of these things and bring together all eight of those things, you'll be able to lead with vulnerability. You know, it's amazing. And, and again, you've had extensive research, you know, uh, how many CEOs you've interviewed for this book and combined. So probably two, three, 400 CEOs and then, uh, and then 14,000 people in the, in the DDI survey. It's, that's significant. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people write books based on 300, you know, an interview with, with 100 people or 300 people. Yeah, I like uh, to bring in the qualitative and the quali quantitative data to a lot of the things yeah. that I do. But it's amazing that, that the themes, it, it always seems to come back to things that we've talked about for 30, 40, well, I'm going to say 30 or 40 years. You know, Daniel Goldman, um, 30 years ago, talking about uh, emotional intelligence. It starts yeah. with self-awareness. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about confidence. It, there, there's so many... We talk about integrity. This is this looks like this sounds like the poster wall. You know, when you go into an organization, you say, "What are their values?" And they they list all the values, but they don't always walk the talk. 
you put them together, here's the formula, here's the attributes and tremendous reinforcement. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinforce what you just shared. Those aren't just traits. This isn't like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm just a frontline worker or I don't have any people underneath me. We're, we're all vulnerable right now in leading up to this future work. You know, we're living in this age of VUCA, of volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And we can't, you know, if it's not a technological event that's disruptive, if it's not politics, you know, living in the U.S., if it's not politics, it's war. I mean, you know, out of the blue. I mean, there's just thing every day there is some other event that creates some level of uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity and volatility. Every human being on this planet is experiencing levels of change. And even, even for the people who, who have all eight of your attributes, if they're not feeling somewhat vulnerable at this point and recognize that they need to adapt and change and grow, but they may not know exactly what their next step is and, and be able to admit that, you know, I, it, it's, it's somewhat scary when people think that they have the answers. <laughs> yeah, you can't become a better version of yourself without being able to talk about and expose the gaps that you have. And we all have those gaps. Yeah, it's I, I you know, I'm going to speaking a couple of times next week. You, you know, speak all the time. We're, we're both doing interviews all the time. And and it's it, it's almost that tag of expert. Well, you're the expert. Uh, and you recognize it doesn't mean I have all the answers. And and it and it became a while to ad, a long time to admit that I don't know. Here's my best shot. Here's yeah. what I see. Here's what I heard. Here's how I put it together. But I I can tell you if I was in this position 30, 40 years ago, even 20 years ago, there are certain things that I would not admit that I was uncomfortable with just because it would have shown that weakness. And, you know, at, at that point, maybe we could get away with it. But in this day and age, it's incredibly tough. I got to I got to ask this question because because, you know, I've been fortunate around enough to either have the confidence. And when I didn't have the confidence, I surrounded my so I surrounded myself with people who would support me. But there's you know, there's a lot of people that are listening to this and reading your book that it all sounds good. It sounds right. Yes, I want to do that. I want to. But they're not they're not surrounded by or working with people who feel it's wise to be vulnerable. What What's your advice to them other than find find a new group of friends or, or family? Well, so, again, it's not just about being vulnerable, but it's about demonstrating what you're trying to do to close the gap. But obviously, if even talking about the gaps that you have, let alone what you're doing to close them is viewed as unacceptable, as is viewed as something that you shouldn't do, then you probably need to ask yourself if that's the type of a company that you want to be a part of and if that's the type of a leader that you want to work for. Right? I mean, if you can't even speak up to talk about those things to begin with, chances are you're probably not very happy at the, in, at the company, you're not engaged in the work that you're doing, and you should be trying to ask yourself if that's really where you want to be working. And I would hope the answer to that is no. And that you would take steps to get the heck out of there and find something that is worthy of your your talents and capabilities. Yeah, which comes back full circle to some of the attributes that we're talking about. In order to do that, you need to to be self aware. You need to have the self confidence. So it's it's again. I mean, you you basically laid out a playbook. Whether it's vulnerability, it's leading with the vulnerability or the competence that you need to work on. You basically laid it out. Is, is there? 
a place that you would recommend that that leaders or anybody starts? What was there? Did you sense that there was a prioritization between those eight? Um, so it's not a prioritization between those eight, but a good starting point is what I call building your vulnerability mountain. And that means identifying what's at the base camp of the mountain for you and what's something that you can do tomorrow or the next day or today, even better. And then what's sort of the scary thing that's at the top of the, the peak of that mountain for you. And then day by day and a week by week and month by month, you take steps to go from base camp to getting to the peak of the mountain. So, you know, what, what is something simple that you can do tomorrow and what's the scary thing for the for you that you can't imagine doing and each day you try to do something little to go from where you are to where you can go at the top and i think that's probably the best way to learn how to lead with vulnerability and um every day you do something a little bit different wonderful we we're basically coming toward the end here but and one of the questions we i've learned uh, one of my favorite questions i ask all our guests because we learn a lot. Sometimes this becomes the best part of the show. What was something that that you wanted us to ask, but we didn't? What what should we have asked you, but we didn't? You know, I think we actually covered a lot of the high level stuff there. Good. I think I think you covered all the main the main questions. Well, that makes me feel good. Usually, there's you know that's the vulnerability part. It's like, darn, why didn't I ask that question? Or or they said we should ask that question and we forgot about it. But uh, thank you, appreciate that. So we're going to move to our the last segment uh, before we we let you go here. Uh, we call this our lightning round, and uh, this is the fun part where we we allow our listeners to learn a little bit more who the, the Jacob Morgan is behind the scenes. Although if you read the book, you're going to learn a lot about Jacob, <laughs> but some some other things that weren't in the book. So let's start out with uh, one of our favorite questions: is what's what's your favorite song or favorite band or what type of music do you like to listen to uh, i listen to a lot of electronic music a lot of house music while i'm working but i did just go see uh, jethro tall with my dad so oh, wow. i've been listening to a lot of jethro tall songs lately it's amazing that he's still around uh ian anderson right yeah 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 i actually saw this will age me but i saw fact it would have been almost 50 years ago Jer jethro toll on halloween night it was one of the strangest con concerts i've ever seen <laughs> in philadelphia at the old spectrum i uh, had just opened and yeah it's it, it was a very strange concert but very very good uh, also uh, i think that's the first we've ever had jethro toll so uh, a unique music very talented guy so I envy you a little bit. We're actually going next week. We're going to see Queen with Adam Lambert. So. Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that should be that should be fun. Uh, yeah. a, a birthday gift for my wife, and uh, yeah, we get. I think it was a birthday gift, but a gift for my wife. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly what how it that goes without uh, Freddie Mercury there. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Adam Lambert's uh, from the scenes that we've seen. He's it's pretty tough to tell. He's pretty dynamic. Yeah, as yeah well. he's pretty good. Yeah. If if there was someone you can meet, and I, I suspect I know where this is going to go. If you can either go back in history or even somebody that's living uh, right now, if if there was an opportunity to interview someone, who might it be? Probably my great great grandparents, some ancestors on my uh, my dad's side. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, that I I suspected that's where it was going to be, but you, you you just you just never know. And uh, this is almost a layup on this one. 
If, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Yeah, I guess uh, the layup would be leading with vulnerability, huh? So let's see if I can do a, do a different one there. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm working on the leading with the vulnerability side. Probably another superpower would be just uh, perfect decision-making abilities. We're, get, we're getting there, tall, tall order. But I guess I guess perfect lies in the beholder. Uh, the idea yeah. of the beholder is well, your perfect decision may not be so perfect for somebody else, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So it may not be a global perfect decision, but uh, yeah, excellent. Well, well, Jacob, it's been absolutely uh, a blast having you. Uh, it's so good to talk to you again, uh, especially uh, the journey. And I, I, I keep saying this, but the book really is 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 great. I encourage not just leaders and managers. I, I think this is this is a book for our time, uh, the future of work, because we all need to take that self leadership and uh, you know our our own destiny. And, uh, you know, times are going to be, you know, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous for for, you know, the near future, if not forever going forward. Uh, and so I congrats on the book. Incredible research. Well written. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, and I will make sure I, as you ask me, I will get that review in if I didn't just do it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. yeah people can go yeah. to uh, leadwithvulnerability.com to learn more about the book and grab a copy for themselves if they want. You know, it's also yeah, on Amazon yeah. and pretty much everywhere you can find a book. Yeah, we'll put it up there and we'll do one more blast on the cover here. So you can pick that up. Best ways to get in touch with you, I guess, is Lead with Vulnerability or your website, which is... Yeah, Lead with Vulnerability is the book. My website is thefutureorganization.com and links to all the social stuff and everything is uh, is on that website. Perfect. Well, thanks, Jacob. We'll look, give you back uh, your day here. We'll take the that off. Appreciate you being here. I know you got an incredibly busy schedule, especially with the book just coming out. But thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Okay. We apologize for uh, Jason. Looks like he uh, bowed out. He was really having a lot of uh, internet difficulties today. Technology living in that future world with volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. But we got through it. And a great conversation it was. Uh, so pleased to have Jacob here. My biggest takeaway, I'm, I'm going to go back. Not, I mean, he, he Jacob confirmed a lot of things that that I had absolutely, uh, you know, talked about. One is how this is so critical for every human being. But also, I think what what I found interesting was, you know, out of the eight attributes, these these are things we talk about every week in in different ways. So we talk about trust and integrity, and we talk about self confidence, and we we talk about um, developing the skills to be more adaptable. We talk about you know, breaking out of that fixed mindset and moving toward a growth mindset. We, it just, we, it, and it, he put it into this formula all, all, all in all. And I think, uh, you know, with, I, I don't think vulnerability is a sign. It, it's a symptom of a lot of the problems. It's the aggregate of, of not having all these things working together. So I appreciate, uh, you know, Jacob coming on and, and talking about that and, and confirming we're on the right path. And uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about that in the future. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners. We want to thank uh, Googleization Nation for being part of this. We want to thank uh, great guests like uh, Jacob for being on the show. And uh, we will be back uh, next week, as we are every week with our live stream. If you don't get a chance to listen to us live, please go up and you can listen to us or watch us on YouTube or Apple or Spotify. We thank you for pushing us into the top 100 on Apple and also being in the top one and a half percent of all podcasts. Until next week, 
Don't let the shift hit your plans. Thanks for listening to Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. This show was produced and edited by Hilton Productions.